Hey guys, welcome back to Recalibrate, a mindset podcast designed to help you break free from the old while pressing on to the new. If you are a returning listener, if you are a subscriber, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your consistent and faithful following of this podcast. If you are new, if this is your first time, I want to say thank you. I hope that you get more than you expect. I'm always honored that you would connect with me every other week to listen, to learn, and to grow. This is an educational podcast. This podcast incorporates psychology, theology, biology, and spirituality. The purpose of this podcast is to help you identify strongholds, paradigms, mental constructs, or mindsets that are keeping you from achieving your best in life. Keep in mind that if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. It's that simple. <laughs> I recently had a conversation with a good friend of mine. We talked about many things, but ended up talking about brokenness. Yes, <laughs> the state of brokenness. Mental, spiritual, physical Brokenness. I know what you're thinking right now. <laughs> That's not something that I would like to talk about. It's a, it's a Debbie Downer. It's a it's a put down. It's not a pick me up. And sometimes all we need is a word of encouragement. We don't want to talk about the things that could potentially discourage us. But let me tell you that the state of brokenness can be envisioned from different perspectives, and depending on your perspective is what you get from it or what you got from it. Now you're probably thinking, I've never been broken. Well. If you've never been broken, I want to say congratulations. <laughs> That's great. But I do want to caution you. Just because you've not been in a state of brokenness doesn't mean that you're not going to go there. You see, for some of you listening right now, you're either in a state of brokenness, coming out of one or going into one, but you cannot escape brokenness. It kind of reminds me of uh, what Jesus said in John 16, He says, in this world, you will have trouble you will be afflicted. But take heart, he says, be of courage, rejoice. He says, I have overcome the world. Jesus never said, if trials come your way, he said, they will. And when they do, just remember that I have already given you the victory. So brokenness can be envisioned from different perspectives. A lot of people will say that their state of brokenness got them to where they are today, whether they are succeeding uh, in different areas of life. Others, as myself, will say that going through a state of brokenness brought me to my knees, brought me to an awareness of a need for God, a thirst and a hunger for Him. But I had to go through a state of brokenness. Brokenness is, is a process. It is not a one-time deal. It is a process through which we mature and grow. Some people choose to become better while others choose to become bitter in the process. In my own personal walk with the Lord, I have learned through the years that he uses our brokenness in amazing ways. He does, he does this not only in our own lives, but also in the lives of other people. In other words, he uses 
our story, our brokenness to show the world the gospel story, his gospel story. You've probably heard it's been said that you can't have a testimony without going through a test, of course. And and you can't have a message without having been a mess. <laughs> and isn't that true? There are verses, many verses in the Bible, uh, directly from God's Word, that speak about trouble and how to overcome. One of my favorites is out of Psalm 46.1 that says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present help in times of need. Uh, Psalm 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. And lastly, from 2 Corinthians 12.9, now, let me kind of paint a picture in your mind of what's going on when Paul writes these words. And so, Paul is, is complaining in a way. He is crying out to God and he says, I've cried out to you three times that you would remove this thorn from my flesh. Now, nobody really knows, theologians don't really know what exactly he was referring to uh, regarding this thorn in the flesh, which he referred to as a messenger from Satan. Now, a lot of people think that it was an affection of his eyes or something in his skin or even a mental health issue that he was struggling with. Nevertheless, Paul was, the great apostle Paul, was struggling with something. Uh, there was a burden that was that was hindering his life. There was a burden that was holding him back, that was hurting him. We don't know if it was a mental or a spiritual or a physical type of hurt, but when he's crying out to God and he is saying, and I don't know why the number three, but he says three times, I've cried out to you. And basically I'm paraphrasing. He's saying, and you've done nothing, God. What is the deal? (laughs) And so God with all of his, you know, in his sovereignty, he replies to Paul and he says to him, Paul, he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Wow. (laughs) Let me say that again. He says, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For when you are weak, my strength is made perfect in you. And so then Paul realizes that he just needs to stop fighting this thing in his own in his own strength trying to figure this thing out in his own uh, understanding and he understands that he needs to lean on God's wisdom he needs to lean into God's strength and that's what Paul did and Paul found comfort at the end of the day but I want to let you know you listener right now whoever you are wherever you're at I want you to know That that struggle that you're going through right now, that struggle, you just need to stop fighting it on your own. You need to stop leaning on your own understanding, your limited understanding, and lean on God's unlimited wisdom, His unlimited strength, reminding yourself that He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent. He is magnificent. He is the great I am. He is Jehovah Jireh, your supplier. He's your peace. He is your your strong tower. He is your defender. He is your redeemer. He's your everything. He is El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. So regardless of the state of brokenness in which you are in right now, 
please understand that He is more than enough, that His grace is sufficient for you. Remember that grace is unmerited favor. It is something that we don't deserve. However, we receive it through the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when I think about brokenness, when I was thinking about this episode and I was making my notations, uh, putting together my ideas, you know, a story came to mind. It's a story that I read many, many years ago, and it has to do with brokenness. You know, sometimes people equate brokenness to flaw, uh, to imperfection. And see, people will see the outside, whereas God sees the inside. People will see brokenness as a negative, while God envisions brokenness as an opportunity for greater things. And so I want to share that story that came to my mind, to my heart. Um, I'm going to sound a little bit like Mr. Rogers now, (laughs) telling you a story. I almost want to sing, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, (laughs) a beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, I won't do that. I won't do that to you. (laughs) But I will read this uh, story. I do want to share this story with you today. The story is called The Cracked Pot. A water bearer in India had two large pots, each hung on each end of a pole, which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, and while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house, the cracked pot arrived only half full. For a full two years... This went on daily, with the bear delivering only one and a half pots full of water in his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of its accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made. But, but, the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what it perceived to be a bitter failure. It spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I am ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. The bear asked, Why? What are you ashamed of? The pot replied, For these past two years, I'm able to deliver only half of my load because this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws and imperfections, you don't get full value for your efforts. The water bearer felt sorry for the old crack pot, and in his compassion, he said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. As they went up the hill, the old crack pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wildflowers on the side of the path as this cheered it somewhat. But at the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half of its load, and so again it apologized to the bear for its failure. The bear said to the pot, Did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? 
That's because I have always known about your flaw, and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path, and every day while we walk back from the stream, (laughs) you've watered them. For two years, I've been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. Without you being just the way that you are, he would not have this beauty to grace his house. (laughs) The moral of the story, each of us has our own unique flaws. We're all crackpots. In this world, nothing goes to waste. You may think like the crackpot that you are inefficient or useless in certain areas of your life, but somehow these flaws can turn out to be a blessing in disguise. <laughs> what a wonderful story. I don't know about you, but, but I just love the story. I, I remember reading it when I was about 20 years old already that time, experiencing uh, some brokenness in my life, not being a believer, not really being uh, filled uh, with faith. But I had people come alongside and, and deposit seeds of faith within me, which helped me along the way. But nevertheless, I was broken. And, uh, you know, when you go to uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, God refers to himself as the potter. And he refers to his children, refers to us as the clay. Uh, just as a potter will take the, the clay and put it on the potter's wheel and spin it and fashion it to, to serve a specific purpose. Uh, you know, the, the clay pot goes from the potter's wheel to, to the furnace or to an oven to be baked and put under pressure. And as it is being baked and, and, and fire or, or heat is applied, well, the, the, the pot uh, becomes more and more resilient. Nevertheless, it has to go through heat. It has to go through a process. And so just as we are also clay pots, we are clay vessels in the hands of the potter. He allows us, let me, let me say that again, he allows us to go through those moments that are like refining fire that will uh, cause us to become more resilient, more beautiful, a greater worth, uh, of greater value uh, in His eyes. And so never underestimate the power of the process that we all go through. You see, God made no mistake when He created you and me. He, he created us as earthen vessels, Before creating mankind, God had already tons of angels, but he wanted something new. So he made man of the dust of the ground, creatures to be on the earth, not as angelic beings in the heavens. He had a particular purpose for us, even in our earthen condition. See, God created us to be weak, limited earthen vessels so that in Christ, let me say this again. Yes, he created us to be weak, limited earthen vessels so that in Christ, he could be the treasure within us that shines out of us. Wow, that's powerful. Let me say that again. So that he could be the treasure within us that shines out of us. Instead of creating us to be strong, independent creatures to express our own wonderful characteristics, God created us earthen, desiring that we would express His excellency rather than our own. Now we can see the preciousness of being earthen vessels, huh? (laughs) We are unique in God's creation. 
only earthen vessels, not angelic beings, can express His excellency. And we can do this because we're earthen vessels, we're containers. Vessels can receive, they can be filled with and overflow with something. Being earthen, we may be weak and limited, but God created us as vessels to contain Him. He wants to come into us lowly vessels and shine out of us. Angels can worship God, but only human beings can receive God, contain Him, and overflow with Him to express Him. Yes, with your weaknesses, with your flaws, and all of your brokenness, God can and will use you. Remember, I've said this over and over again. God is not looking for perfection. God is in search of disposition. That's it. Are you willing? Because if you are willing to be used, He is able. When when, when Samuel went to anoint the new king and Jesse brought his seven sons to meet with him, and God said no to all seven. He then asked, do you have another son? And he called the one that he thought, Jesse, his own father, that he thought was the least likely to be king. He did not think that his son David, who happened to be at that point out in the hills, shepherding sheep and goats, smelling like sheep dung, he, he, he never thought that that young man who was an adolescent, kind of puny, small, a small frame, you know, uh, did not look royal or kingship. He did not have kingship uh, written on him like his brothers did. He never thought that he would be the one because he looked at the outside. He looked at his flaws. He looked at his external condition and did not look at his internal strengths. And of course, you probably know the rest of the story. God told Samuel, Samuel, remember, I don't look at the outward appearance of man. In other words, I don't look at stature, good looks, charisma, uh, qualities, talent, grit, tenacity. I don't look at any of that. He said, I only look at the heart. I'm here to anoint a heart. And therefore, he chose David, which he called a man after his own heart. With his flaws, with his imperfections, God used him mightily. Okay, so now, now let, me, let me go back to my original story. I, I started this episode saying that I had, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, yeah, and then I kind of went on a rabbit trail. I went off on a tangent, although everything is kind of connected. I've said this before that growing up, you know, I'm, I'm about to turn 50. So growing up, there was no such thing as ADHD. There was no diagnosis. I don't think there was at least. I don't ever recall any of my friends saying that they were ADD, ADHD, or dyslexic or anything like that, you know. But I'm thinking that had there been a label back in the day, had there had it been a thing, I would have been the thing. <laughs> I would have been the thing. I would have been the one who was labeled ADHD. Uh, of course, I know my parents wouldn't have put me on medication. They would have just channeled my energy. And, uh, and so here I am. But let me get back to the story. <laughs> there we go. I almost went on a rabbit trail right there. 
So I was talking to my friend and, and, and she, was, she was sharing with me, you know, about brokenness. And she said to me, you know, when I think of, you know, my life and she says, I, I, I think about kintsugi, pottery, kintsugi pottery. I looked at her and I said, you think of what? She says, you know, kintsugi pottery. It, it, it reminds me of, you know, of brokenness and, and what God can do with us through his grace. It reminds me of kintsugi pottery. And so I was really intrigued by that. Now, some of you listening right now are probably thinking, come on, Milton, everyone knows what kintsugi pottery is. Well, guess what? I did not know. <laughs> kintsugi pottery is a Japanese method. So kintsugi means gold joinery. Yeah, yeah, I'll explain it, but it means gold joinery. And I'm going to try and explain this just in a nutshell. I don't want to get too complicated. So kintsugi is the art of taking, of taking broken pottery. They take broken pottery and they put it back together again. But they use a, a lacquer that is, is um, gold filled. And so the lacquer is, is, is a resin from a tree that they mix with with gold. And so this this lacquer is used to highlight the cracks in the pots. And so other and so in other words they put together this pot with with the glue and with this resin that has this gold. And so when the pot is is done when it's put back together again, you can actually see the lines that the, 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 they, the, the, this art form of, of kintsugi highlights or illuminates the actual cracks. And it's almost like an older person who's been through, you know, who's, who's, whose skin is weathered because they've been through decades. And, and some people have gone over 100 years and you see the wrinkles on their face and, and on their body and those wrinkles tell a story. Well, that's what kintsugi is. And so this dates back to many centuries ago. It was a, a, a Japanese shogun named Ashikawa Yoshimasha. Uh, the story says that, uh, that he had, he had a, a favorite a teapot that he had acquired in China. And so traveling with this teapot that he used all the time, you know, at some point it broke. And so he sent it back to China to be mended, to be put back together. And so in China, they use some form of metal staples to put it together and, and really deformed the pot and, and, and really didn't do it a favor. And so, so Ashikawa Yoshimasha uh, took it and, and gave it to some Japanese artists. And, and they took this, they broke it apart, and they used this resin from a tree. And so the resin is applied with the gold, and, and it is left for a couple of months, I believe, or for several weeks or a couple of months so that it cures and, 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 and hardens. And so kintsugi, and there's a reason I'm sharing this with you, and believe me, there's biblical application, and there's also a lot of uh, psychological uh, application too. Kintsugi encompasses two Japanese philosophies. One is called wabi-sabi, which embraces imperfection. 
okay, which embraces imperfection, and mushin, which is another philosophy of non-attachment or the acceptance of change. You know, in in our in our you know day and age, people appreciate uh, symmetry and perfection, and you know, and 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 beauty, and so beauty is is flawless, but yet kintsugi embraces change embraces the imperfection uh, as beauty, embraces flaws as beauty, actually, as I mentioned, highlighting them with gold lines, almost like the wrinkles on an elderly person who has been weathered over time. And so Kintsugi mirrors the story of God's work in our life. And, And so after I read about Kintsugi, its process, uh, its purpose, then I started to understand what my friend was talking about when she said, you know, when I look at Kintsugi pottery and how beautiful it is in spite of, you know, its brokenness, I understood what she was referring to because she was trying to tell me that Kintsugi mirrors the story of God's work in her life and how God's grace is like that resin. God's love is like that gold lining. That although you may see that brokenness in an individual, God's grace beautifies it. God's grace strengthens it. God's grace promotes it. And so if you've never seen uh, Kintsugi pottery as I had uh, before, I had never seen it before, I would encourage you, as soon as you're off of this uh, episode, to Google it, look it up, find a picture of Kintsugi pottery, Kintsugi, K-I-N-T-S-U-G-I, Kintsugi pottery. See how beautiful the potter, pottery is, how, how beautiful brokenness can look, you know, because the resin has been applied with the gold lining, highlighting, uh, highlighting the brokenness of the vessel. And, and that is exactly how God works in our lives. All of us are broken. We've all gone through a process. We've all broken. If you've never, if you've never uh, heard my story, if you've never watched my TED Talk, you'll know that, uh, that my background was a broken one. And it was uh, in 2001 when I came to my knees, literally, at a church service that I just was not wanting to, to be there. I was, I was unwilling to be there. And yet, God spoke to me, even in my, in, in my rebellion, and, and I'll say that. I, I was broken, and I was rebellious, and, and I, was, I was heartbroken. Uh, I was everything, everything that could uh, hold someone back from accomplishing anything in life, but, but God but God spoke to me that day through a preacher. And I fell to my knees. And it must have been, it must have been the whole service that I cried like I'd never cried before. My first time in a Christian church, I was a guest. I was invited to be there. And I cried. And in my brokenness, God took the pieces and he put me back together with his grace and with his love. And he, he promoted me. It was through my brokenness that, that he gave me a testimony to share. It was through my brokenness that he built my character, that he brought me closer to him. And it was through the brokenness that he pushed me into 
my purpose. Had I not been broken, had I not gone through the process, I wouldn't be here speaking to you today. Ultimately, ultimately, brokenness is a matter of surrendering control of our life to God. You see, the heart that has been emptied of itself and broken of its willfulness is the heart that will experience the filling and the reviving of our glorious and holy God who humbled himself that he might lift us up. God's word says that he does not and will not despise those who come to him with a humble and contrite spirit. I want to encourage you. I don't know what you're going through, but if you've stayed on this episode all the way through, minute 28, (laughs) I know that this is speaking to you. And I don't know what you've been through. I don't know your childhood traumas. I don't know how you've been hurt. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe you were abused. Maybe you were neglected. I don't know, but God does. And although you may see yourself as a broken vessel, God wants to put you back together. He wants to mend you heal you and make you whole again just like the pottery as he applies his grace and his love to your life he will strengthen you he will uphold you he will give you life brokenness is a blessing because it puts us on the road to breakthrough Jesus said Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are spiritually broken will be blessed because they will see God and God's power will flow through their lives. And so once again, my friend, regardless of what you have been through, that brokenness can be healed by an almighty, all-sufficient God through his son, Christ Jesus. Repent, come before him, receive him, renew your mind, and allow him to work in you and through you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, especially since I got to learn about Kintsugi pottery and how it mirrors God's story in our lives. I hope you start to see brokenness from a whole different perspective, like that clay pot that was broken, that that leaked water along the way, along the path, watering seeds that turned into beautiful wildflowers, which eventually adorned the master's table. I pray that you would see your brokenness from that perspective. Uh, Whatever it is that's going on in your life, know that God is able and willing to heal you, to restore you, to mend you, and to put you back together again. He wants to make you whole. He wants to beautify you and show you things that you yourself have never seen before. God is a gracious God. and May His grace and His love mend you 
Would you take a few minutes to rate this podcast with a five-star rating? Of course. (laughs) And would you also take time to leave us a positive comment? Your comments bless me.